This is K.M. Wyland, and you are listening to the 473rd episode of the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast. I've been trying something new lately, writing in a coffee shop. Besides making me feel very hip, the experience has actually surprised me with some added productivity. In the past, I've always resisted the idea of writing in public since it seemed like such a distracting idea. But actually, shockingly, the opposite is true. Being around others means I can't randomly start talking to myself. Even staring into space comes with way more feelings of self-consciousness. So instead of looking up from the page and daydreaming away my writing time, I find I'm much more likely to keep my head tucked and my pen flowing. In fact, the last time I did it, I wrote so much and so fast that my hand cramped, something that hasn't happened in a long time. I, of course, bring earphones and stream Pandora to block out the ambient noise and other people's conversations. But so far, it's proven a great change of pace for the occasional writing session where I'm needing a change of scenery or maybe just the accountability of other people in my space. If you haven't tried it, I recommend it. I'm a believer now. And now I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. This is the first in what will be a two-part series, Learn Five Types of Character Arc at a glance. Today's episode is called The Two Heroic Arcs. Willa Cather said, there are only two or three human stories, but they go on repeating themselves as fiercely as if they never happened. The many different approaches to story theory break down the number of human stories into different categories. Perhaps there are just two, comedy and tragedy. Perhaps there are Vonnegut's eight shapes. Today, I'm gonna argue for five, the five basic types of character arc. These include the two truth-driven or heroic arcs, the positive change arc and the flat arc, and the three lie-driven or negative change arcs, the disillusionment arc, the fall arc, and the corruption arc. Now, I've talked about all of these arcs extensively, beat by beat, both in my series of posts and podcasts, and my book, Creating Character Arcs and Its Companion Workbook. But as someone recently pointed out in an email, I've never compiled a basic structural beat sheet of what all of the arcs look like at a glance. As of now, I'm remedying that with a two-part series that puts the basic principles and types of character arc all in one place. Obviously, you can also find these on my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com, where you can literally see them at a glance. Today, we're gonna to start by talking about first, the basic ingredients necessary in any type of character arc, followed by a detailed, but at a glance look at the two truth-based heroic arcs. So let's get started. All five arcs share several commonalities, beginning with their foundational structure, which I prefer to break into three acts and 10 beats, as you'll see in a minute. Beyond that, they also share the following six foundational ingredients, which can then be mixed to the author's needs according to whichever arc has been chosen for the story. Ingredient number one is the thematic truth. The theme is your story's truth. It is a universal statement about how the world works. In almost all instances, with the arguable exception of the disillusionment arc, the truth will always represent an ultimately positive, if sometimes painful, value, which will help the characters interact more fruitfully and less futilely with the world. Ingredient number two, the lie the character believes. 
The lie is a misconception about the world that stands in contrast to the truth. At the beginning of the story, the lie will be preventing someone, either the protagonist or in the case of the flat arc, supporting characters, from seeing, understanding, and or accepting a necessary truth. The entire character arc, and indeed entire story, is about if and how the character or characters will be able to evolve past the lie into the truth. Ingredients three and four, the thing the character wants versus the thing the character needs. The inner thematic conflict of truth versus lie will manifest in the external plot conflict as the thing the character wants versus the thing the character needs. Usually the need is nothing more or less than the truth, although it can take a physical form as well. The want may be something large and abstract, such as respect, but it should boil down to a very specific plot goal, a promotion or a college degree. Your character's evolving proximity to the want and the need will change in direct relation to the character arc. Ingredient number five, the ghost. The ghost, sometimes also referred to as the wound, is the motivating catalyst in your protagonist's backstory. This is the reason the character believes in the lie and can't see past the truth. As its name, coined by screen doctor extraordinaire John Truby, suggests the ghost is something that haunts the character, something that can't just be moved past. Often it's a traumatic event, but even something seemingly positive, such as a parent's pride in a child, can cause a character to believe a damaging lie. And ingredient number six, the normal world. The normal world is the initial setting in the story's first act, meant to illustrate the character's life before the story's main conflict. Depending on the type of arc, the normal world will symbolically represent either the story's truth or the story's lie. The normal world may be a definitive setting, which will change at the beginning of the second act when the character enters the adventure world of the main conflict. However, it may also be more metaphorical, in which case the setting itself will not switch to a new setting, but rather the conflict will change the setting around the protagonist. For example, changing the atmosphere from friendly to hostile. Now, let's talk about the two heroic arcs. The positive change arc and the flat arc are the happy or heroic arcs. In these stories, the protagonist either learns or already knows the truth and uses it to positively impact the story world. So let's take a look at both of these. In the positive change arc, the character believes a lie, overcomes that lie, and discovers a new truth that is liberating. In the first act, which should take up the first quarter of the story from the 1% mark to the 25% mark, we start with the hook in the very first chapter. In the hook, the character believes the lie. The protagonist believes a lie that has so far proven necessary or functional in the existing normal world. Then, halfway through the first act, at the 12% mark, we have the inciting event, which brings the first hint the lie will no longer work. The call to adventure, when the protagonist first encounters the main conflict, brings the first subtle hint that the lie will no longer serve the protagonist as effectively as it has in the past. 
Finally, in the first act, we have the first plot point at the very end, at the 25% mark, where the character first encounters the fact that the lie is no longer effective. The protagonist will be faced with a consequential choice in which the old ways of the lie-ridden first act show themselves ineffective in the face of the main conflict's new stakes. Although the protagonist does not yet recognize the inefficacy of the lie, he will still pass through a door of no return in which he is forced to leave the normal world of the first act and enter the adventure world of the main conflict in the second act. The second act, which is, takes up two quarters of the story and spans from the 25% mark to the 75% mark, begins with the first plot point, but the first major structural moment that we're going to talk about is the first pinch point, which happens around the 37% mark. At the first pinch point, the character will start being punished for using the lie. In the normal world, he was able to use the lie to get the thing he wants. But in the second act, this is no longer a functional mindset. Throughout the first half of the second act, he will try to use his old lie-based mindsets to reach his goals and will be punished, quote unquote, by failures until he begins to learn how things really work. The 50% mark in the story brings the midpoint or the second plot point. This is where the character sees the truth, but doesn't yet reject the lie. The protagonist encounters a moment of truth in which he comes face to face with the thematic truth, often via a simultaneous plot-based revelation about the external conflict. This is the first time the protagonist consciously recognizes the truth and its power. He does not yet, however, recognize the truth and the lie as incompatible. He will attempt to use both in the second half of the second act. At the 62% mark, we come upon the second pinch point in which the character will be rewarded for effectively using the truth. Building upon what he learned at the midpoint, the protagonist will start implementing truth-based actions in combating the antagonistic force and reaching toward the thing he wants. He will be quote-unquote rewarded by successes as he moves nearer and nearer his ultimate plot goal. And now we enter the third act at the 75% mark with the third plot point. This is where the character rejects the lie. The protagonist will be confronted by a low moment brought about by his continuing refusal to fully reject the lie. Finally, the protagonist must confront the true stakes of what he stands to lose if he continues to embrace the lie. Feeling all but defeated, he will reject the lie. Implicitly, he will also fully embrace the truth. The climax is going to start halfway through the third act, around the 88% mark. This is where the character embraces the truth. The protagonist enters the final confrontation with the antagonistic force to decide whether or not he will gain the thing he wants. Directly before or during this section, he consciously and explicitly embraces and wields the truth. The climactic moment will come around the 98% mark, and this is where the character uses the truth to gain the thing he needs. The protagonist uses the truth and all it has taught him about himself and the conflict to gain the thing he needs. Depending upon the nature of his truth, he may also gain the thing he wants, or he may realize he needs to sacrifice it for his own greater good. 
As a result, he definitively ends the conflict between himself and the antagonistic force. The resolution is going to take place around the 100% mark. This is where the character enters a new truth-empowered normal world. The protagonist enters either a new normal world or returns to the original normal world where he can now live as a truth-empowered individual. So that's the positive change arc. Let's look now at the flat arc. This is where the character starts out believing the truth. She maintains that truth throughout the story and uses that truth to overcome the world's lie. Again, the first act is going to start with the hook in the very first chapter. This is where we find the character believing the truth in a lie-ridden world. The protagonist believes a truth that the rest of the normal world around her rejects. The normal world and most of its characters are mired in a central lie which enslaves them in some way. Halfway through the first act, around the 12% mark, the inciting event is where the protagonist is challenged to use her truth to oppose the lie. The call to adventure, when the protagonist first encounters that main conflict, presents a direct challenge to her truth. The question at this point is whether or not she can be convinced to take action in wielding her truth against the lie of the world around her. At the 25% mark, the first plot point, the world is going to try to forcibly impose its lie. The protagonist is faced with a consequential choice in which the antagonistic force attempts to forcibly impose the lie upon her or others. In refusing to relinquish her truth for the lie, the protagonist passes through a door of no return in which she is forced to leave the normal world of the first act and enter the adventure world of the main conflict in the second act. As we enter the second act, about a quarter of the way through the second act, we come to the first pinch point around the 37% mark. This is where the protagonist becomes uncertain if her truth is capable of defeating the lie. The protagonist struggles to use her truth against the strength of the antagonistic forces lie. She experiences doubt about whether her truth is capable of defeating the lie, and as a result, if it is indeed the truth. Then we come to the 50% mark, the midpoint or second plot point, where the protagonist proves the power of her truth to the world. The protagonist perseveres in following her truth. She offers a moment of truth to the world around her. This is the first time the protagonist will demonstrably exhibit the full power and purity of the truth. At least one significant supporting character will be impacted, positively or negatively, by this revelation. At the 62% mark, the second pinch point, lie-driven characters are going to fight back. In response to the protagonist's powerful demonstration of truth at the midpoint, other lie-driven characters will double down on the lie and use it to mount a formidable counterattack upon the protagonist and her truth. We enter the third act at the 75% mark with the third plot point, where the lie seems to triumph externally. The lie-driven tactics of the antagonistic force hit the protagonist hard, even to the point of the protagonist's seeming defeat in the external conflict. The protagonist is confronted by a low moment, brought about by the supporting character's continuing refusal to fully reject the lie. 
the protagonist must confront the true stakes of what she stands to sacrifice if she continues to embrace the truth. Even in the face of overwhelming odds, she reaffirms her conviction to the truth. The climax begins halfway through the third act, around the 88% mark, with the final confrontation between truth and lie. The protagonist enters this final confrontation with the antagonistic force, which will decide whether or not she will gain the thing she wants. She consciously and explicitly embraces and wields the truth. Climactic moment, happening around the 98% mark, is where the truth defeats the lie. The protagonist uses the truth, often with the help of positively changed supporting characters, to defeat the antagonistic force and gain the things she wants and needs, which are often the same thing in a flat arc, since the protagonist always possesses an understanding of the truth. And finally, the resolution. This is where the, we enter a new truth-empowered normal world. The protagonist enters a new normal world, which is empowered by the truth, thanks to her actions. Once you've mastered these two heroic arcs, you are well on your way to writing powerful stories of redemption, conviction, and relatable righteousness. But stay tuned, because next week we're going to do a side-by-side -side comparison of the three negative change arcs, which offer an equal amount of power in dramatizing all the ways human journeys don't always turn out the way we might hope. In the meantime, tell me your opinion. Have you written either of these types of character arc in your stories? If you'd like to be a part of the word player community over on my site and join in the conversation on the subject, be sure to stop by the website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. You can always find a transcript of the most recent podcast and add your voice to the discussion by visiting that first post on the site's homepage. Don't forget that if you're looking for an older post, you can always find those by putting the podcast title in the search field at the top of the right-hand column if you're on a desktop or laptop, or that might be at the very bottom of the page if you're on a smaller screen like a tablet or phone. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcast. And if you'd like to support helping writers become authors, I would totally appreciate it if you'd consider taking the time to leave a quick rating or review on the Apple site. Thank you so much for listening to the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast, and be sure to check back again next week.